Hey, I'm Brian. I'm the minister at Harmony Christian Church. Thanks for clicking on our video and giving us a watch today. Hope that this is a blessing to you, with you, and whoever you might be watching it with today. Uh, you'd like to find out more about us, you can go to harmonychurch.tv. Uh, there you can read all about us a little bit and find out more about us. Oh, also online on Harmony Church TV, uh, you can also uh, do online giving. You can do a one-time gift or you can do recurring giving. If you'd like to mail us a donation, you can mail that to 7100 South uh, Choctaw Road, Choctaw, Oklahoma, 73020. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook by going to at uh, Choctaw HCC. Uh, you can find us there uh, as well and keep up to date with things that are going on. And maybe you'd like to give us a phone call. You can do that at 405-391-7310. Uh, again, uh, thanks for watching this video. Uh, maybe we might see you on a Sunday soon. Uh, we're going to be uh, not gathering in person during the month of December. So uh, maybe we might see you early on in the year 2021. Be blessed, and thanks for watching. Depending on where you count, we are somewhere in the middle of about, oh, somewhere in the neighborhood of like eight months into a global pandemic. Whoever thought that we would utter those words out of our mouth, global pandemic. And not only are we in the middle of a, glo a global pandemic, you might remember over the summer we had murder hornets. That's right, murder hornets were among us somehow or another this summer. And on top of all that, at the very beginning of the year, like half of California was on fire, half of Australia was on fire, uh, the U.S. and Iran were shooting missiles at each other, and it was just crazy. Oh yeah, and uh, Kobe Bryant died. And that was all at the beginning of just this year. And it mixed in with all the other things, and it's just been an over-the-top crazy year. Did you know that we have run out of names for hurricanes? Did you know that? Like, usually scientists have a certain number of names that they have set up to use to name the hurricanes that are going to come up during hurricane season. We ran out of those. We are now using uh, letters of the Greek alphabet to name hurricanes that come up because we ran out of names. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also lost a star this year. That's right. We lost a star. Somehow, someway, there is this star that, uh, that astronomers have been observing for years. And they know exactly where it is. You just dial in the coordinates. There it is right there. There's the star right there. We can take a look at it. We can see it. This year, when astronomers put in the coordinates to go check out and see where this star is, guess what? It's gone. We don't know where it went. Like, it's just, it's just gone. And some astronomers are beginning to wonder if what happened to this star was when it collapsed, this might just be the first star that collapsed in on itself and didn't create a black hole. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, and on top of that, the Pentagon, the Pentagon released not one video, but three videos of UFOs. But they've been sitting on these things for years. Of UFOs. Three videos. It's just a crazy year. Like, this is an over-the-top, crazy year. It's almost like, you know, Jesus, just come back. You know? Like, we're done. We're over all of this. Turn off the lights. Wrap it all up. Like, we're done. Like, what else can happen to this, right? Like, we're just over it all. You ever felt like that? Like, Jesus, why don't you just come back and let's just be done with this whole thing? 
you know, this this year with all the turmoil and all the depression and all the anxieties and all the stress that this year has brought us, it also brought a whole lot of us to question a whole lot of things like, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? How am I supposed to be focusing the, the time, the energy, uh, the resources that I have, and in what areas of my life should I be focusing attention on these things? Like, what are my relationships? What are my relationships to, to money, uh, to work, to family? What are those relationships like? How am I prioritizing those relationships? All these kinds of questions are all up in the air right now. Like We're all asking a lot of these same questions about what are we supposed to be doing and what life's all about. I mean, you don't want to come to the end of your life and have this thought of just like, hmm, I, what, what if I would have lived my life differently? Well, in the mix of all these kinds of questions and in the mix of this year that is 2020, Jesus comes and he's got a story to tell us. And it comes to us from Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. So Matthew uh, 25, verse 14, uh, reads this way. It says, Again, it'll be like a man going on a journey who called his servants to who called his servants and entrusted his property to them to one he gave 5 talents of money to another 2 talents and to another 1 talent each according to his ability then he went on his journey the man who had received 5 talents went at once and put his money to work and gained 5 more so also the one with 2 talents gained 2 more but the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and, and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I had a harvest where I, where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned I could have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and everyone who has abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him, and thrown that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I've heard this story before. In fact, I've heard this story a lot growing up in church. Maybe you've heard the story before, too. And at least my initial reaction when I kind of hear this story is, what a jerk. Like, what a jerk of a guy. 
I mean, first of all, you own slaves. Like, you own a human being. And, you know, their life or death is in your hands. And you're a hard and difficult man. Even though you own these people. And not only that, like, this guy, that this servant, just kind of, like, hands stuff out to his servants. Does anybody else find that weird? Like, he just gives them stuff, and he doesn't explain to them what they're supposed to do. There's no instructions. Like, okay, do this step by step. There's none of that. There's no explanation as to when he's going to return. There's no uh, a clarity about what are the expectations when, I come, when he comes back. What do you want us to have done? None of that. It's just, here you go. Here's this stuff, and I'll see you when I get back. That's just kind of weird. It's just kind of strange. And, and he's doing this to people, to these slaves that he owns, that, he, that his life is enriched by their work. Like, they're the ones out there working and doing the, the work, and his life is enriched by them, and he's not treating them very fair. Like, what a jerk of a guy. Now, now growing up in church, the way I was sort of told to sort of understand this passage is that Jesus is the master. And he is the one that, w that expects us to do certain things, and if we don't, we're going to get cast out. That's sort of how I was sort of taught to understand this as a kid growing up in church. But something to think about. Does this guy sound like Jesus? Like from what we know, if you were to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, does this master sound like Jesus? Is Jesus a hard and difficult man? Does Jesus enrich his life on the backs of others? Is that the Jesus that we know? You know, you can read this passage, and Jesus doesn't have to be the master. In fact, another way to sort of understand this passage is that Jesus is making a comment on the way in which economic structures work. What Jesus is telling us is a, is a story about how, like, the world works. And how does the world work? Well, economic structures in the world work with the rich getting richer, and the poor getting poorer. In fact, the rich can kind of do whatever they kind of want, and they can treat the poor however they want. They can tell the poor, well, I want you to do this, and I want you to, to do that. And even if they do this or that, the rich can still treat them however they want. So Jesus here is offering up a pretty strong critique of the way in which the world really is. And how is the world? Well, the world is those who have privilege and those who have power can treat people who don't have privilege and don't have power however they want. Like, that's one of the points Jesus is making with this story. But the story that Jesus tells us doesn't just fall from the sky. It didn't just come, like, out of anywhere. The story that Jesus is telling us has kind of a plot line to it, you might say. And it comes to us, if you go all the way back, starting back in the book of Matthew, verse, or back in Matthew chapter 24, you can see Jesus told some other stories as we head up to Matthew chapter 25. There's some other stories that Jesus told. So if you go back again to Matthew 24, in Matthew 24, Jesus tells a story about a master who has two servants. And one servant he calls wise, 
and the other servant he calls foolish. And this wise servant is somebody that you would want in charge of anything. Like this wise servant, you could put him in charge of the banquet, you could put him in charge of the community event, you could put him in charge of your finances, and this servant is going to do things with excellence. Well, the master goes out of town, doesn't say when he's coming back, just, you know, I'm going to be gone for a while. And the foolish servant begins to believe that the master is never going to return. He's not coming back. And so because of that, the foolish servant, well, he just starts using the master's stuff. He gets drunk. He starts uh, mistreating all of the other servants. And when the master comes back, he is so furious with this foolish servant that he has him chopped into pieces and thrown out into the darkness. The next story that Jesus tells is a story about ten bridesmaids. And these ten bridesmaids are waiting for the bridegroom to show up. They don't really know where he is. They don't really know what he's up to. They're not really sure what's going on. But they just know that they have to sit here and wait for him to show up. And so the day kind of goes along, and the day turns into night. And the, out of these ten bridesmaids, they all have a lantern. Now, five of these bridesmaids have extra oil for their lantern so that they can add some oil and keep their little candle lit while they're waiting for the bridegroom to show up. The other five don't. They don't have enough oil. In fact, they kind of complain. They're like, they look to the other five, and they're like, hey, can, can we borrow some of your oil? And they're like, no, that sounds like a personal problem, not our problem. You need to figure that out for yourself. Like, okay, fine. So they leave. They go find some more oil for their lamp, and when they do, the bridegroom shows up. The bridegroom shows up, he takes the five uh, bridesmaids that are there, takes them into the party, party's a blast, and it's going on. Well, now the other five, they come back, they're like, oh, what happened? So they go and they knock on the door, like, let us into the party, and the bridegroom is like, no, sorry, you can't come in. And the bridesmaids, just like the other foolish servant, are left in the darkness. And then we have this story about a landowner and his three servants. All these things string together. All these things Jesus is trying to tell us a story. Now, being thrown out into the darkness and this master returning, for a lot of us that conjures up a lot of images with words like tribulation or rapture. I would suggest to you that's a bit misleading. In fact, I would suggest to you in, in Scripture that's really not the direction in which things are headed. Headed, but, but here's how Jesus does wrap it up. All Jesus is saying is that the master, or you should live your life as if the master is going to come back. And here's how he wraps it up. Starting in verse 31 of chapter 25, he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. So we're asking a lot of questions. We're asking a lot of questions about what are we supposed to be doing? How are we supposed to be living? Uh, how, how should I be spending my energy and my time? What do we do in the midst of all this crazy that has been going on this year? Like, what does Jesus want from me? How am I supposed to live? And I think that the story that Jesus is telling us here offers us some really beautiful and wonderful principles on what we should be doing. Like, I think what Jesus is explaining to us here is how you're supposed to live. Like, what are you supposed to be doing? 
And the, like, for example, in the very first story that Jesus tells, the master and the wise and the foolish servant, this, that whole story is all about how you treat people matters. How you treat people matters. You know, we live in a time, I don't have to tell you, it's tense out there. Like, it's really tense out there. Especially with all the elections and the things that are happening. Like, it's, it's really tense. And so how we treat people really matters. That's what this whole story is about. Don't mistreat others. The master's not going to like it. How you treat people matters. Matters a lot. Matters a lot to Jesus. So following Jesus isn't just about rules. It's not just about showing up on Sunday at a certain time in a certain place to do certain things. It's also about how you treat people. In the second story that Jesus tells, you have these ten bridesmaids, and five of them uh, have extra oil, and other five don't have extra oil. And the five that don't have the extra oil have to go off and go look for some. And the whole sort of point of that one is, is pay attention. Pay attention. Be ready. Be on the lookout. You might not see the groomsman. You might not know what he's up to, but he's out there, and he's coming. There's a party, and he's going to make it to the party. Eventually, he's going to show up. So pay attention. Be alert. In other words... Be alert to the ways in which God is moving around you. Pay attention to that. Pay attention to your relationships and your coworkers and what's kind of going on out there. Like, pay attention to the move of God. Well, how would you know that there's a move of God going on? Like, how would you know what God is up to? Well, look for love. Look for goodness. Look for kindness. Look and watch. Participate in those things. So pay attention. The bridegroom's going to show up. He's on his way to the party. You don't want to be caught out in the dark. And then the last story that he tells is about this landowner and these, these three servants that he has. You know, I, I don't know of anybody that wouldn't want extra gifts, or at least doesn't want the gifts that they already have. Because the whole point of that story that Jesus is telling us is whatever gift you've got, use it. Now, I'm, I might wish that I was an Olympic athlete. I, I might desire to be able to sing like that person. I, I wish that I had the speaking voice of this kind of a person. I, I wish I was more like them. But you're not them. You're you. And God gave you a gift. Use it. Use that gift and use it well. So we're asking questions. How should we live? Like what are we supposed to be doing? And these three stories leave us with what we should be doing. And now is it going to solve everything? No. Is it going to fix all your problems? No. Is it going to make all of your anxieties go away? No. But it's enough. It's enough for now, and it's enough to do for forever. It's enough. 
think about it, over the grand scheme of things, when you look at the life of Jesus, in the grand scheme of things, Jesus did three things. Just three. He treated people well. He paid attention to the move of God. And he used his gifts to bless others. That is something that you and I can do right now. That is something that the church can do right now. We can use all those things in order to be a blessing to others. God bless. This is the book of Matthew, chapter 1. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins.